the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is a bonus episode, and our guest is Julia Haltigan. This bonus episode series is the place where we put conversations that may not make sense within the framework of our normal feature episodes, but that nonetheless are interesting conversations that deserve to be heard. Julia is a singer and songwriter from New York whose latest record is called Trouble, and it is just too cool, y'all. It comes out on October 25th, and there's so much that we go into about the making of the record and just how interesting it is and how interesting of a person she is. She's known not only for her music, but also for her acting, um, most notably on stage in the production Sleep No More, and then in HBO's The Deuce. She's a motorcycle enthusiast, just an interesting, fascinating person. Hell, she's even in a band with Scarlett Johansson. JuliaHaltigan.com for all things Julia. Check out the record Trouble. It's so good, y'all. It comes out again on October 25th, as I said, and you got to check that out. If you're new to the marinade, Check out all the things on marinadepodcast.com that we have to offer. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're really active, especially on Twitter. And if you really like what we're doing, consider joining our Patreon community where you can get exclusive content like our Patreon-only podcast, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the kind of creative moments that have shaped my, my life in terms of creativity. Y'all, this was such a great conversation. It is my distinct honor to present my conversation with Julia Haltigan. Hi, this is Jason Earl from the Marinade Podcast calling for Julia. 
going? Good. How are you? Good. <laughs> You're sick. Oh, no. I'm good. Uh, oh, I, <laughs> I hope you, I'm not sick. I thought you said <laughs> I'm sick. I was like, oh, man, this is a first on the marinade. We have oh, a, have a nasally interview. No, I'm not sick. Avoiding being sick. <laughs> okay, good. Um, thank you so much for doing this. I'm excited to talk to you. I've been uh, listening to Trouble the last couple of weeks. I've had it in my hands and I'm really enjoying it. And so I'm super excited right. to kind of dive into the process. Sweet. Um, so it, the record's so cool. And there's the, the first thing I kind of want to start off with, though, to kind of get to that is um, you not only are uh, a singer and a songwriter, um, you've, you've got a, you play with, uh, in a band, you play solo, you have all this whole musical career, but you balance that somehow with acting on screen, acting on stage. Um, where, what lessons have you learned about balance? How do you maintain balance when you have so many plates spinning? It seems like, uh, well, I love that it appears balanced, um, from an outside perspective. <laughs> 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 to me, it just madness um uh well i think i think it's actually i'm glad that you dug all of that up. i feel like i'm battered in my interest and i've had this kind of i don't want it's just kind of like the way i choose to you know follow my paths through life but i like to i like to dabble in a lot of things mm-hmm. um and to me that feels balanced i feel like when i'm too involved in one project I lose. Um, in, so, so yeah, I suppose like I'm curious and if somebody, do you want to try acting in this thing? And, and to be honest, acting terrifies me. Um, and I kind of hate it, <laughs> but oh. I, I feel like it's good for me. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's give it a try and see like what that adds to the, I don't know, to the stew. <laughs> it terrifies you. Why? I, I don't think I'm very good at it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like um, memorizing lines and like public speaking, like gives me a panic attack. But I, but I feel like that's true with anything when you're exposing yourself or putting yourself out there. And then the more you do it, the better you get at it. So, yeah. so I take those, those gigs on because I want to be good at it, but it's still scary to me. <laughs> so how did you get involved in it in the first place? Um, you're singing. I mean, I yeah. suppose like my first, uh, try it like quote unquote acting has been was uh and is still performing in a show called sleep no more which is an off-broadway immersive theater uh show here in new york city and it's still it's singing it's a it's a singing gig but i do have to put on like a persona because the era is 1939 and we're singing jazz standards mm-hmm. um and it's still flexible i don't have specific lines i have to deliver but i have to play a character so that kind of started it and then I feel like once you start doing something, people start recognizing you for that. They're like, oh, she's a cabaret jazz singer. So why don't we see if she's available for this other kind of show, which now involves more acting. And I don't know, it just kind of like leads down these paths. Yeah, that's great. And I think, you know, I wanted to ask you about that too. Like if one informs the other, you know, so if, if singing was um, sort of the avenue that brought you to acting, um, does, does your music inform your acting outside of the fact that obviously you're singing in a musical, right? But like, does it inform your process? Um, and then maybe vice versa, like, are you learning lessons from the acting that you can then, uh, incorporate into your music? Yeah, I think, um, I, yes, I think that, 
when you're on stage and you're doing something live, um, that always kind of contributes to the other thing you're doing on stage live. It, it brings out confidence or you use the skills that you have more confidence in to kind of fall back on mm-hmm. if you're feeling shy about another aspect. Luckily, all the acting I've done, <laughs> I, I'm still do, using finger quotes there because I haven't done a ton of acting, <laughs> but it always like has a lot of singing involved. Um, and then like being, you know, given lines to deliver and like a personality to play. I, I guess the part of the reason I'm curious about that is because my, some of my favorite artists are, have these like very theatrical stage shows. Um, mm. Like Tom Waits is one of my faves and that just seems so amazing to me. Still, mm-hmm. I still feel like that's like a stretch. Um, I find comfort in being myself on stage, but I think it's really fascinating when someone becomes something else. So I try to like pick up these little acting things to force myself to face that fear. So hopefully I can incorporate it into my own act. That's great. That's really helpful too. Thank you for all of that. Tom Waits, for whatever reason has come up on the show more than once recently. Um, and he is on my list. Like that's, I was, somebody was just asking, I don't know if you're on Twitter, but, um, they, some, there's been this kind of viral thing on Twitter about like first show, you know, most recent show, what's the worst show you've seen? Who do you still want to <laughs> see? You know, one of those yeah. kind of lists, you know, and my, who do I want to see? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm batting around back and forth and back and forth, but I think it comes back to Tom Waits. I think that's the Wait, one. What's the other option? Oh God. There's so many though is my problem. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, gosh, there's so many. Um, a very hard question. It's such a hard, okay. Let me put it to you then. <laughs> <laughs> Who haven't you seen that you want to see? I'm buying myself more time here to think. Who haven't I seen that I want to see? Um, dead air, huh? <laughs> well, I've, I've wanted to. See, so Ryan Bingham is one that comes to mind that I've never seen and want to see. Uh, Tom Waits, I just mentioned, obviously. Tom Waits um, is such a, I mean, if he ever tours again, you should definitely, so you definitely have seen see him. him. I saw him. Yeah. I, I saw him on his glitter and doom tour and the closest he got to New York was Knoxville. And I drove to Knoxville. Oh, to wow. That I'm really glad I dedication. did. Wow. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not really a fanatic of much. Like I, okay. I'm not like obsessive about anything except maybe Tom Waits. It's embarrassing to admit, but like, I feel like if I met him on the street, I might, uh, not be able to speak. It's like the one person. <laughs> well, there's a lot wrapped <laughs> up in, in weights, right? So you just mentioned the theatrics of his show that he's so known for. And of course his acting too. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot to draw on lyrically. There's a lot to draw on musically. There's a lot to draw on. What is the, and maybe I just named everything, but what is the attraction <laughs> to, to Tom Waits for you? For me? I mean, I think, well, like, the way I got introduced to him is my dad. We used to take long road trips together and it would be a fight for like my Disney tape or his Tom Waits tape. Um, and I couldn't stand the sound of Tom Waits' voice. I just thought it was just awful, like a horror movie. Um, and it wasn't until I was in my teens where I don't, I think I heard like cold, cold ground. And I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Like it was like a softer song. Um, and so, so first I think I got interested in like, like his music sonically, like I just thought like the sounds he used, like Bone Machine, all these kind of, um, you know, non-musical instrument sounds that he was like bringing into, it's like a collage. I thought that was super cool. And then as I got into him, I started listening to the lyrics more and they're, that's also very, um, 
it's full of imagery and, and interesting. Like he, he puts words together that you wouldn't normally put together to create a new picture. And then I realized that, you know, as I started to get familiar with his body of work, that like the kind of more, um, I don't know, the spookier kind of the character he became, I mm. feel like started developing when he started co-writing with his wife, mm. which was super cool to me that like she was the creep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, and I think that, that vibe of cool is the, one of the things that I think about when I think about Tom Waits. And it's definitely the first thing that I thought of when I listened to trouble. There's just a cool vibe to it. Um, all the way through, there's a through line of, of cool for lack of a better term. Um, Nobody's ever called me cool before. (laughs) That can't be true, but (laughs) I'm doing it right now. And if that's a marinade exclusive, I'm okay with that. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) It's super cool. And, um, I, I, uh, I want to talk about that process for you. When are, what does, when an album is coming together, what does it look like? Is it a collection of songs that you've been working on for a while? Are you a sit down and do the work kind of person? Um, what does your process look like? Um, well, I process has been different every time because mm. I, like I said, I'm like kind of, I'm curious and I want to learn more. So I try something different. That's like, and I work with different people. I don't know. I feel like if you've done something once you've done it, um, that's not to say that I thought out processes. It just seemed to come that, come that way. Uh-huh. Um, but for this one, a lot of these songs around, some are very new. Some I wrote like, you know, last minute on a blank on the record. Um, but I, I hadn't recorded anything in a while. I was kind of trying to find the right people to work with. I wanted to do something for the first time that was representative of where I was from, because I'm from New York City, but I feel like when you grow up somewhere, you have a hard time. Uh, I, I don't know. I couldn't get perspective on it. It just looked like nothing to me. I was like, yeah, this is this is where I, this is life. Mm. But what was interesting to me was other places and other kinds of music. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly I was like, I, I don't know. I feel like I did a bunch of touring. I was traveling a lot and I saw, I saw it more. Um, and it started to feel <laughs> like ironically like home. I was like, oh, this sound feels like home to me. I get it now. All right. I see it now. And I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I um, reconnected with a friend who I knew growing up, who is also music, but we lost touch. He was in a band when I was in high school. He went to a different high school than me. And me and my friends kind of followed them. They're like a couple years older than us. And we reconnected. And he had his own musical journey um, and his own version of New York that he followed. And so we started trying some demos and I realized he totally got, you know, we got it because we in like the eighties and nineties and mm-hmm. um, we were able to speak authentically on that sound. I mean, you can like call certain bands out and say like, yeah, Lou Reed, Blondie, television, even you know, the strokes, like very New York sounds. Right. Also having the language built into who you are, like having the experiences of like, I can walk down the this whole city and be like on that corner this happens on that corner this happened like all these parts of my life it's just in there and doing that with somebody who had the same experience made this record come out really cool like kind of we we, i feel like we really hit the mark i mean i don't know you you aim for things and you never know it's always going to kind of go its own way as well but i feel like we kind of hit the mark and created our own thing at the same time which is kind of it's like a magical thing when that happens that is so great. So the right people, as you mentioned, just ended up being 
people who were of a similar background? Was that true of, of everybody that was involved? Um, no, that, so we kind of, so Andrew Raposo produced it. He's mm-hmm. the one who, who's my friend from growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays bass and, you know, synths and kind of helped her. And then we brought in um, my buddy John Kangla on guitar and Kaita drums. And they're both really special musicians. They've got like, they're super strong and can play anything, but also they've got like their very specific vibe and it just clicked. It was like super mm-hmm. cool. We, we started out like loosely coming in and doing some overdubs on these demos. But then once we found our rhythm, we would get together and do things more as a team. Um, and there, so Kaizo is from Panama and John is from Ohio, but they've both been in the city for a long time. And, mm-hmm. and I, I say that they're New Yorkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Are, do you hear my dog growling in the background? I don't, but I'd love to. We just got a puppy. <laughs> I'm, oh, we're dog obsessed people around here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I actually, it's, that's funny you say that my partner, Chris, she's made sure she scheduled going in later today to work <laughs> so that I could have this interview because otherwise the puppy um, would be in here and I would be stopping it from doing everything it's not supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. It gets better. I, I don't know. Maybe you've had dogs before, but yeah. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, we're vets to some veterans, not veterinarians. We're <laughs> I was like, oh, fascinating. No, we're not vets. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but we kind of know what we're doing at least. Um, and it's been the greatest joy, though. Um, I know. They're special. <laughs> so is your dog interrupting your creative process in the mornings or afternoons or wherever? Like what does, are you sitting down to a desk to do the work? Are you writing whenever, um, whenever the muse strikes? Uh-huh. Like, what does that look like? Um, that's like, like, again, it's like all different. So like okay. I could sit down with a guitar and like write a song cause I'm in the mood or, you know, whatever I've been hearing or maybe I want to practice sort of, you know, a like working in logic or, or pro tools or something. So uh, oh, cool. you know, mess around with stuff in a program and that's totally different. And then that creates a little bed of something that I can start working on or I don't know. It's, it's all over the place. That's great. I got to do more of that. I write kind of, uh, I write folk songs, mostly kind of protest songs and okay. I'm only comfortable with my guitar and I'm really only sort of comfortable with my guitar, not truly comfortable with my guitar. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I need to, I do need to branch out more. I love that thought, like to mess around in, in Pro Tools or somewhere just to kind of like have other sounds that you're drawing on that might spark something. Yeah. I mean, I was actually, I was over and when I was in LA, I stopped by Fender and I was hanging playing all different pedals, which I haven't really mm-hmm. of, but yet, but I, really, I was trying things out and it's amazing how like one simple sound that you haven't tried before like you're playing with synthesizers and you don't usually like just a couple chords can come up with like a whole new song, like just yeah. a new sound will inspire something completely different and get you out of like a rut. If you're, if you're always doing it the same way. That's great. That's such great advice. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So with this record, again, talking about the idea of like, I find that so interesting that your process changes. Cause I think, most folks I talk to, they have this, they're sort of set in a way, and I'm not saying one's better than the other. I f- just find it really interesting that you mix it up. 
Um, because it seems like most people I talk to when they sit, they, they, they either are the sit down, do the work kind of person every single day. And then it comes out, however it comes out, or, you know, they're having to, to, to stop whenever an idea comes and then work on that idea. Actually, I guess it comes in several different ways, but it seems like most people have sort of a a similar process. Um, so how do you know then that it's, that it's time it's go time you know what i mean like how do you know it's time to 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 start working on that particular song Mm, i don't know i don't have that button oh really (laughs) i mean i think well there's different stages of the process when you're making a recording or a record so so i haven't been writing because we've been working on the release right now so i'll probably be getting back to writing i I mean soon actually because i have a lot of ideas and I'm excited to keep going but I there's something to be said about the discipline of like okay I'm gonna do you know this writer's block and there's things you have to push past and even if you're sitting there for an hour and nothing comes out it's still valuable time I try to remind myself but it's still valuable time contributing towards getting a song out even if you did nothing that day so I think there's like something to be said for like people who sit down they're like okay from 9 to 11 every morning I'm gonna sit down and just be with my music and try to come up with something Um, which maybe I'll experiment with next time. Um, Or I don't know, or it's just like I got time right now and I'm inspired and I feel like trying this out. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess guess, like you said, originally it's a balance. Uh, uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. You may not always have, um, given your other disciplines, you may not always have a set time to sit down and do it because – yeah. You know, if you're shooting on a, a TV show, if you're shooting the deuce, for example, you know, you're, you may have to do the hours may be crazy. Yeah. I don't know what they're like. Yeah. The deuce, but, I mean, in New York too, it's like, just, there's constantly things coming up. Yeah. Um, I guess mornings are good because you can like, everybody's busy and you can just like be by yourself for a little while. Are you a morning person? Um, I used to be and before I got into music. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm like not no I'm absolutely not a morning person. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. <laughs> oh, that intense? Oh, uh, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are like that. Yeah. I'm definitely a morning person, but my partner Chris is not. But she works late. You know, she works. She manages a bar. So yeah, that's, that's the yeah. My boyfriend's a photographer, so he's like, "Good morning. How are you?" And I'm like, "Don't." Talk yeah. To me. <laughs> it's tough. The sunlight I, is not my friend. It's yeah, friend. it's tough because one of you's ready to <laughs> rock, and then the other one's mm-hmm. not. And then when the, on the opposite end, like at, late at night, she's ready to party, and I'm like, dude, it's oh yeah, thirty. I'm like home. I'm like, hey, I just got back from the show, and he's like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, good for him being up that late though. That's yeah, at least got he that. sleeps less. He tells me he doesn't need to sleep as much as the fight we have. I'm like, I think it's good for you, and he disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what role you are also a motorcycle enthusiast, right? Yeah. I love motorcycles. <laughs> does that, does that inform or, or in some way help your creative process at all riding? Um, yeah, I think riding motorcycle helps everything. <laughs> uh-huh. Can you say more about that? Um, yeah, I mean, well, Stylistically, like, so my dad used to ride Vintage Triumphs, so I got into Vintage Triumphs, and the, the, my friends who own the motorcycle shop, you know, since the, I don't even know how long he's owned it. There's actually just an article in the New York Times about 
do Mackie and Sixth Street specials if anybody wants to look that up. They're kind of the coolest bike shop um, ever and definitely in New York City in the Lower East Side. Um, But I I just loved, they were like my family and I grew up around it and I got into the Vintage Triumphs. They look really cool. They've got like the classic, like, you know, I don't know, classic lines and they smell a certain way and they're they're simple. There's not a lot of frills. Like it's just kind of like basic and gorgeous and classic. And that stylistically has informed me very much. Like I realize I'm like, I mean, I don't know if it's a coincidence or if that inspired me or if I just gravitate naturally towards that kind of stuff. But like, I love classic lines, like, like black eyeliner, simple black clothes, like kind of like uh faster pussycat kill kill, like that kind of aesthetic. Mm. Um, and I, I have a black, 70, 1970 Triumph Bonneville. And it's just like, I feel like that definitely informs me visually, stylistically. Um, and then, you know, riding a motorcycle, it's just the best. I don't know. It's, it's so freeing. I feel like yeah. um, if you're having any issues, you're sad or you're bummed or whatever, you just get on your bike and you go for a ride, like on a nice road. It's, I don't know, the fresh air in your mm-hmm. face is amazing. It smells amazing. You um, I don't know. I, it's just like this amazing feeling. You're free. You're going fast and you're exposed and it just feels very, it's like flying. It feels really good. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't ride anymore, but I, I did for many years. And, uh, the thing that I always liked about it was you just have to let go. Like you, yeah. you have to be totally present and mm-hmm. yes, you, exactly. you know, and, cause you just let go of your anxieties. I mean, uh, you know, I have a fear of my mortality, which I talk about quite a bit on the show. And, um, but funny enough on the bike, I never worried about it. Right. Like I wasn't stressed about death. Cause it's like, as soon as you stress about death on a motorcycle, you're in trouble. You got to be focused on the yeah. job at hand. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's so true. Um, you're, it's like meditative because mm-hmm. there's no room for thinking about much else. You kind of are just like keeping your eyes everywhere on the peripheral what's ahead of you and like i mean i guess it becomes very intuitive the the clutch the gas and the brake you know and the shifter like it's kind of a a weird thing to learn at first using your hands and feet right but but that's like something you're thinking about too you know you're like you're controlling this machine at the risk of your life so yeah it's like there it's a form of meditation because you can't really do anything else but the ride it's awesome <laughs> that's awesome and i'm glad to ask you that question because that the the point you made about being kind of um being attracted to the classic lines and and sort of the classic feel i mean i think that's another thing that comes through um in the cool that is the record trouble is that that kind of classic feel to it it certainly feels fresh awesome. it doesn't feel like a total throwback but there's a it, there is a um, a coolness that's rooted in something classic that comes through in the Yay. record. Yeah, that's I awesome. love it when things translate. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> because I'm so scattered and I'm so interested in, in like many genres and and things, I'm like, does it make sense? Does, does it like is it cohesive? Does it come together? Yes, it does. To answer that okay, question. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. What? So I always like to end, and that's a perfect segue because I always like to end with what um, what you're consuming at the moment. Like, what are you listening to? What are you watching? Um, what's got you? What art has you excited at the moment? Um. <laughs> well, like I'm scattered in my own endeavors. I'm scattered in like what I put in as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. I mean, I just got off tour and I totally binged uh, the show Fleabag and uh-huh. uh, 
and glow. <laughs> oh, I love glow. I love glow. <laughs> and I love Fleabag. It's such an awesome yeah, show. It um, is good. I agree. So that's what I've been watching cool. more just because I needed, you know, to binge on the airplane and mm-hmm. what I've been listening to. <laughs> well, I've been listening to a lot of murder uh, mystery podcasts, mm. to be honest. Also some road food. Yeah. Do you have a particular <laughs> um, favorite? Like one that people really should get down on? I'm still, I'm still like thinking S town was one of my faves. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a few years old now. Mm-hmm. We just listened to cold it was okay. totally disturbing and kept us awake for many hours um, <laughs> on the road. So that was good. Uh-huh. Um, what else did I love? I don't know. Those are the ones that are coming to mind right now. Yeah, I have S Town queued up, and I just keep like. Oh, you haven't listened yet. Uh-uh. It's just sitting there. <gasps> I'm like so jealous. <laughs> it's like somebody who's like never seen Game of Thrones. I'm like, wait, you get to watch the whole thing? <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. All right. I you've just inspired me. I'll do it. I'll start uh it's tomorrow. It's so good. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. I'll start tomorrow. I like to listen to podcasts <laughs> while I run, so that'll be that'll be ideal, I think. Yeah. Give it like two episodes to like okay. hook you in fully. I don't usually do murder stuff, um, but but this one keeps coming up and th- I think you just put me over the edge. I think I'm gonna go ahead and Which S Town? Yeah, S Town. Or Colt. Yeah, S Town. Okay. Yeah, well, there's more to it than just murder. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right, good. Um, thank you so much, Julia. The record trouble comes out on uh, the 25th of this month because um, mm-hmm. it is October. That's crazy. And um, <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Thank you so much for giving us your time and being so open with us. This was so much fun. And I am stoked for folks to get to hear this record. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Have a wonderful rest of your night. All right, you too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.